This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Trail podcast. We talk all things outdoor and extreme. Um, I'm joined by my co-host Mary. Hello, Mark. Uh, today we're talking to Nancy Jiang, who is a Kiwi runner um, of Chinese descent. She moved there when she was five years old. Um, you you actually found uh, you, you you found her by scrolling through the yeah. World- I was scrolling through the name list, the start list for the Trail World Champs uh, earlier. You know, looking at the Hong Kong team uh, team names, and I was trying to look for the Chinese team, but I didn't find Team People's Republic of China. Um, but then I saw Nancy Jiang's name, and of course, uh, you know, having her surname spelled Jiang uh, implies, I guess, that uh, uh, she, she's from China. And I, I looked into her story and uh, found it very interesting. So I thought, well, we could maybe uh, chat with Nancy a little bit after the race. Yeah, her parents were initially uh, reluctant um, to let her run, coming from uh, a more traditional background, and it even said to her. Chinese people don't run, which is a bit ironic now, given that there's this wave of great Chinese tra- trail runners coming out. But mm-hmm. hopefully her story can be really inspiring to other people who haven't necessarily got that support. Well, we'll hear from her a little later about how her parents have really come around and it's quite a touching story. Yeah, so looking forward to hearing Nancy. Well, hi, Nancy. Thank you very much for joining us on the Adventure Trail podcast today. Hopefully the technology doesn't fail us. You're only the second person we've done this over Skype with, but you're in Chamonix at the moment. Hi, Mark. Yes, um, I am in Chamonix. Um, I arrived maybe two weeks ago and I'll be here till end of August. Oh, wow. I mean, that must be pretty difficult. Spend, like, Do you spend the other half of the year back in New Zealand and this half in uh, in France? Yes, um, so I pretty much do back-to-back summers, which is pretty awesome, um, yeah, um, and just with the big travel from New Zealand over to the side of the world, um, it's like 30-something hours wow. um, of flight, yeah, so I try to make the most of it and spend as much time here as I can. And how long have you been doing this for, uh, this back-to-back France and New Zealand setup? <laughs> Um, it's, it's been like four years. Um, the first year I was just on holiday, um, for maybe like three weeks, um, traveling around Spain, France, Italy. And then the second year, um, I decided to spend five months just based at a ski station in France, um, just to... I guess to a season um, in Europe, it's something different from the normal eight to five kind of working life back in New Zealand. And then last year was the first year where I actually um, focused on racing. Do you do you race in the summer when you go back to New Zealand as well? Um, it wasn't the intention. Like, so when I'm back in New Zealand, um, I'm working full time. Um, but then when I went back to New Zealand last year, um, I decided to move down to Queenstown. Um, I'm not sure um, if you know much about New Zealand. Queenstown is sort of the adventurous bit, isn't it, with the hills? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's in the New Zealand Alps. It's an amazing place. And there was just so many amazing races on. And I was like, oh, I want to do this one. I want to do that one. So I spent the whole 
um, New Zealand summer season racing. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Regret, how's your body thanking or uh, <laughs> not thanking you for that now? Yeah, I, I I was actually talking to my coach yesterday after the um, marathon du Mont Blanc race, and I was like. I'm feeling like I'm already over-raced and it's only the start of my season here. Um, yeah, so I'm not too sure if I'm going to continue with all the races that I've planned to do or um, pull out of one or two and just focus on the main ones. Um, I think, like, physically my body was fine, um, but mentally, you know, I was just mentally tired from racing and pushing as you would in a race so we'll see what happens yeah so, so you represented uh new zealand uh just uh a few weeks ago at the uh trail boat championships how was that for you mentally was that something that started to um you know, tie you out um and fe- and kind of contribute to you feeling a little over raced yeah i think so just with the big um, commute over, I ended up getting quite sick from the flight. Um, like it was an almost an eighteen-hour flight for me from New Zealand. As you know, it was like two hours from Queenstown to Auckland, um, and then eighteen hours from Auckland to Doha. And then I had like a seven-hour stopover in Doha and then an eight-hour from Doha to Paris. And then the next day I caught like a two-hour flight from um, Paris into Lisbon in Portugal. Mm. So I guess it's uh, the logistics around the running that is yeah, often even yeah. maybe more tiring than the running itself, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got sick. Um, I had like sinus infection, um, chesty cough, and my ears were blocked. Um, and I was just like, oh, I really don't want to be racing right now. But, you know, like, I came all this way and I'm representing my country. So I was like, um, you know, I didn't come all this way just to not um, start the race. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it wasn't the performance that I wanted, but... We did pretty well in uh, the end. Still, 40 seconds, was uh, it? Um. 48, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's still great. Yeah. Top 50 in the yeah. world. Mm, yeah. It, it's, it's good. I mean, I just probably have really high expectations for myself as you would. Yeah. Um, so uh, representing New Zealand, it, how, how does that feel? It's pretty cool. Um, like, so um, I'm originally from China. Um, I moved to New Zealand when I was five. And New Zealand's just really um, become my home. I'm proud to call myself a New Zealander, uh, or as we like to say, a Kiwi. Um, and like you just wear, like I was, I was just so um, proud to be wearing the New Zealand singlets. And everyone in the team was super supportive, and it was it was such a good um, atmosphere. Yeah. So, um, do you feel do you feel Chinese as well? Um, that's a hard question. Like, um, I don't know. Like, um, like I'm, I'm not too sure how feeling Chinese would feel. Like, yeah. if you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I feel like I'm myself. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I eat. I like eating white rice <laughs> or rice. I don't know if that's feeling Chinese. Um, but your uh, so your parents, um, you know, they are Chinese, and am I right in saying they once told you Chinese people don't run? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Um, I mean, like back then when I was a lot younger, it and it frustrated me a bit that they weren't so supportive of um, my desire to pursue running. There were. They were a lot more focused on my academic achievements, which I guess is, is typical um, for the Chinese culture. But now that I'm older and uh, somewhat wiser, I realize you know it's it's because they cared. Um, it was out of love. They just they were worried I was going to injure myself um, or affect my growth. Um, mm. You know, like running that much when you're still young and growing. Do you think that um, yeah. not necessarily having that support um, when you were running anyway, has that shaped the way as mm -hmm. you are as a runner now at all? Yes, I think so. Um, I'm a lot more resilient, uh, like just because something is hard and there are obstacles and challenges. Um, it doesn't mean you should quit. Uh, you just got to persevere, keep digging your toes in, and um, just, I guess, one foot in front of the other. Um, yeah. And do your parents feel differently about your running uh, pursuits now? <laughs> Yes, um, I yeah they they do, um, you know they now they always asking me when's my next race and they always want to follow me on the live um, feeds and the results and my mum she's actually running now um, quite regularly she's um, wanting to do a half marathon next year or end of this year. So that'd be pretty cool. Like I, I want to run it with her just oh, that to be so cool. provide some support. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool that um, they've come around and you know enjoying running as well and just keeping fit. How, so, yeah, how, it's it's cool. How poignant is that going to be crossing the finish line with your mum? <laughs> I, I think it's, it's going to be awesome. I, I just. She, like, she's been training quite hard um, and I think like she'll love it and she'll realize how rewarding it is because you know with running like you see the benefits you know it's not like in other aspects of life where it's quite dependent on someone else the um, end goal or results you know it's like you put in the work and you get out there and train and you'll reap the benefits um and like i haven't thought too much about what it's going to be like it's going to be like sorry um when i am help I'm there with my mum crossing that finish line but i know for certain that like we'll probably embrace and hug and you know it's it'll, it'll be really cool yeah have you helped her with um, any part of her training at all and uh, give her tips about what it is to put together a half marathon program? 
<laughs> I try to, but she doesn't listen to me. Um, I think she's worried that I'll um, put like do a training that's too hard for her. And like I've tried to give her tips of strengthening, so a, a bit of like gym work, that sort of thing. Uh, but and she just, but I don't, you know, I don't want to push her too hard. Um, as long as she's enjoying it and she's quite stubborn, so she likes to do what she wants, which I think is where I get my that trait from. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah, I'd let her do what she wants. Um, her work provides um, like uh, lunchtime gym sessions anyway with a proper coach, so like. Yeah, it, it's fine. Um, as long as I'm there to run with her and just push her along if she's feeling at a low point in the race. Yeah. So has anybody ever seen that sort of transformation from um, parents who uh, don't necessarily support you to coming around so much they're now taking part in the sport itself? And, and have they said to you, oh, you've inspired me to either raise my children differently or uh, my relationship with my parents or anything like that? No. Um, no, no one's said that to me it'll be cool if uh, someone did <laughs> yeah I mean it'll be awesome um if like my story is inspiring others yeah cool well um so the first when you first went to uh France was it Latin you were based in Ting, yeah Ting, yeah so yeah um, and b- before that, you weren't really a mountain runner. You just got into it then. What, what about it sort of hooked you uh, compared to other sports and just road running in general? <laughs> the, the like the ability to go out and explore um, plays a big part in why I love mountain running so much. Like it's not as repetitive um, as running on the track or on the road. Um, you're going out and you're exploring, you know, you're climbing up these amazing mountains and the views that you see, it's breathtaking. Um, yeah, it's, I just, I love the ability to be able to travel and explore and just go where my two feet takes me. And do you think, um, your trail running has changed your relationship with, uh, New Zealand, like the physical geography of, uh, of the country itself? Um, yeah yeah I I think so yeah um it's definitely made me appreciate New Zealand a lot more for its um like natural environment the mountains that we have and the amazing trail and just the forest and um or the yeah, just the whole nature of it. New Zealand is quite a green country. Uh, you don't have to go too far to find some amazing trails and scenery. Cool. So um, when you first started getting into running, you targeted the OCC, am I right? Yeah. Um, why why, yeah, that why was... of all the races? I mean, it's a, you know, why go for the big mm-hmm. one first? Oh, OCC is like, it's the shortest oh, one. Oh, well, I mean, one, I know the shortest one, but I meant big as in part of the big, big festival one. week yeah. rather than going for maybe, you know, did you know that, were you so new to trail running that you did you just Googled it and you didn't happen to know the, ex, like, the extravaganza around UTMB or was that what drew you to it in the first place? I heard a bit about it, um, but I, yeah, 
like you said, I definitely didn't realize how big it was. Um, so this was back in New Zealand, um, maybe like two and a half years ago. Um, and then I was quite lucky. So last year when I was in Ting, um, at the end of the season, we decided, my partner and I decided that we were going to bike. Um, it's a famous trail that goes from Chamonix to Zermatt, where the Matterhorn Peak is in Switzerland. And, and so we were there during the UTMB festival. And that's where I realized, wow, this is a big deal. Like the whole street, everyone in the um, valley were just there spectating. And I just saw everyone was just wearing, like, they look, everyone looked super fit. They were in their trail running kit with their running vest. And I soaked up all the atmosphere and everything was going on. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm going to try and run one of the UTMB races. So I made that my goal. Yeah. And at that stage, was your goal uh, just to finish it or because uh, you ended up coming fifth? Yeah. Um, so when I decide I want to do something, I'll, I'll give it my all. Um, and I decided I want to do the race. Um, and when I decided that, I, I didn't really, I, it'd be awesome to finish, but it would be even better if I could finish, um, you know, in a position where, um, I felt like I, um, was successful and, yeah, did a good job, basically. What did you consider a good job? How how do you measure that? Um, I guess it's not so much about um, podium or position, but it's the whole journey leading up to the race. Um, like you know, for a race like the OCC, you don't just show up and run it. Um, and I look at the whole journey um, leading up to the race and the race itself, like the effort I put in with my training um, and how that went um, and the race itself, um, how I um overcome all the low points um in the race and how i um or how hard i push myself and um yet the main thing is also to be um enjoyment so to well, that um, so for the whole race, just making sure that I'm still enjoying myself and having a good time. Um, yeah, no matter how painful or hard it is. Well, so that was a great little chat with Nancy there. I've really enjoyed hearing about how she gets to bring her work with her from uh, from New Zealand all the way to the other side of the world where she gets to just run and do some work in the mountains. I'm going to be forwarding this podcast to my boss. I'm just saying, 
not saying anything in particular, but FYI, some people are allowed to work from Chamonix. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, CC the human resources department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but apart from that, uh, uh, it will be a couple of weeks before this pod comes out, but time recording is the day after the Western States, which is pretty cool. We had four Hong Kongers in there, not least Henry Lekonen, who uh, was targeting a sub-20 hour um, and using some fancy power wattage on his foot. I'm not sure if you've ever seen something like that before. No, but I did read the article and I thought it was very a very new yeah. way of uh, tracking essentially how much power uh, output yeah, I think um, it's quite common in cycling, but okay. I don't even know how it works on a uh, on a foot. Yeah, and it seems like it's worked wonders with uh, helping him pace. Yeah, and he, he nailed it. He got just under 20 hours and mm-hmm. was a second Australian and, uh, and nailed it. We also had Marie McNaughton there and Tom Robertshaw who, who all got to the end. And yeah, and a big comeback for Marie from her horrific injury from yeah. last year. So it's just yeah amazing to see her come back from... Not very much, not very much running at all, or even mobility to come back and run in the Western States with some of the best in the world. Yeah, when you're trying to put in the huge volume that is needed to run 100 miles, balancing that with not overtraining on a, a horrific leg break, which makes me shudder just thinking mm. <laughs> about both of your bones going. Um, but uh, between now and when this podcast comes out, we'll have the Hong Kong Trail Running Awards. How confident are you feeling about winning one of your categories, youngest or overall best female? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing all about the different uh, uh, runners who will be out there and seeing, uh, I guess, uh, who gets, um, yeah, who gets recognised for the year. But obviously, it's about the whole community. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very. You should be a politician. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, uh, if you want to hear more from Mary and I, you can follow us at um, at Adventure Agnew or at. Mary Hoyt. Yep. Or you can follow on Facebook at Outdoor and Extreme SEMP. And uh, make sure you keep checking the Outdoor and Extreme page for all those mad things that Hong Kongers and people around the world love to do. Uh, Make sure you subscribe or rate the Adventure Trail podcast on iTunes or Spotify uh, so you can listen to us with a smile as you while away for hundreds of miles. Bye.